What's up, everyone, and welcome into Zetro's Toxic Vault. And it's been kind of an inconsistent season two in Zetro's Toxic Vault because of the pandemic. And uh, just over the last couple of weeks, we've done some shows that we've actually had, you know, taped prior, you know, just in case we ran into that sort of thing. And we've kind of run to the point where we've, 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 we've shown everything I I can't wait till we can get back to having some guests in. So I just kind of wanted to get together with everybody and, and uh, give them kind of an update of what's happening with us, what's happening with me, what's happening with the show, uh, and also give you guys um, a really cool tour story that happened on this tour that kind of got overshadowed by another thing because there was so much fun and so many stories that did happen on the Bass Strikes Back tour. But um, let me just... Um, start off for i want to thank you fans for like you know sending the stuff to um the p.o box and here's some uh cards i got some from some fans right there you know thanking me for the show and we're going to put these up here hang them to the brick here in the vault and uh i appreciate that kind of stuff if you have anything you want to send to us personally or you know just you know instead of just a a comment on the computer want to get more personal go ahead the P.O. box is right here, right on the screen, so you'll be able to uh, send our stuff there. We love this kind of stuff. That's the whole reason I do this show is, you know, I don't make any money at it. I do it for the fans because I'm a big fan like everybody else is, you know, and I know when you guys meet me on the road, I'm, you know, very approachable, and that's my take is I'm the biggest fan, and what's cool about me being a fan is I get to play right alongside my heroes, so I get it inside on it, which is really cool, so... um Let's get into it. Um, this has kind of been, we're at the end of April. It looks like the pandemic is starting to slow up there. They're calling it the beginning of the end. And I hope it is. Um, I, everybody, of course, wants to get back to normalcy. I don't know how soon that's going to be. I don't know how this is going to be approached. I know that some areas are restricting and starting to... Uh, back off you know I, I know golf courses are starting to open there's a couple of states that tattoo parlors you know gyms are starting to open but they're doing restrict uh, distancing on those so i guess that that is going to be the norm until they can really knock this thing out but um and us obviously getting back to doing four shows a week because remember when we started this show it's been a year now some of you have been with us a year. We were going seven days a week, and I think that that was just trying to get stuff up so that we would get you identified and actually find our niche because, honestly, we still don't know what we're doing here. We're, we're having fun with this, and we still don't know what we're doing. We're just kind of doing what, and I noticed that the better stuff is, is, the, is the interviews and the stuff that we do do, we do do, uh, you know, with the other band members and maybe people that you've heard of and didn't get to hear the stories before. And I think those are interesting as well. But I really wanted to get season two off, you know, with a new intro and new set and, you know, three different angles on the on the, on the guests, you know, and myself. I, I think we were moving up a stage with the with the production on the show. Wayne and I have worked really hard over the last year trying to, you know, get it to the best way it can be for all of you guys. And again, I just wanted to shout out and thank you guys for subscribing and please keep sharing this stuff. You know, and again, you're gonna get more as we as we get back on the road and actually Exodus starts, you know, getting stuff together like putting songs 
songs together. I'm going to try to get video clips of that to give you guys updates of, of it when it happens. But um, again, because of this pandemic, it's been kind of, everything's been kind of put on hold. And so um, let me just go back into that. So far, everybody is doing good. In my family, nobody got sick. Everybody feels great. That goes with the kids. Nick, Cody, the Hatriot, obviously. Them, uh, Grandbaby Jax, everybody's doing great. Vicky, Lucas, Peter here, they're fine. My daughter Madison, nobody got, nobody got sick there. Family's all doing great in the first hand. Band, other than Gary getting it, but I don't think he got an extreme case of it because, again, he was sick and had the symptoms, but he wasn't like Will ended up, and uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But um, Gary was by, I actually, it seemed like by the time Gary got his, po his results back saying he was positive, it was already through him, and he was fine, and nobody else in the band um, were affected by it in Exodus anyway. Um, all the guys that had picked it up in Testament are all fine now. If you've seen that Testament is released, Titans of Creation since the pandemic crisis and Chuck's been doing a lot of promos and interviews for that and so have the guys. So, you know, and which is a great record. Of course, I wrote some lyrics on it. So, of course, it's a great record. But no, that's a really good record, which I'm going to hope to get him in here and review here when this all starts settles down and we can be in here and talk about it and then um getting to death angel uh, everybody who was sick there uh, seems like they're all recovered now and um the one who was sick out of all of us was everybody knew as well and again we want to thank everybody for chiming in and you know having their you know th their horns in the air for mr will carroll and um we actually we um have a local if you don't live in san francisco and you're not watching this in the bay area which i know most of you aren't some of you are overseas the local news here kind of covered it a little bit and kind of talked to will about uh what happened there and uh, we actually have a clip of that we're going to take a look at that right now when, when i came to the doctors were like shocked they were shocked the drummer of the Bay Area thrash metal band Death Angel is now back home after being in a coma for nearly two weeks due to the coronavirus. Cron Forrest Marine Kelly talked to him about what he calls a horrific experience. Will Carroll, the drummer of Death Angel, recently found himself on death's door. It happened as the band was on an upswing, fresh off a Grammy nomination and winding up a five-week European tour with two other Bay Area metal bands, Exodus and Testament. Yeah, halfway through the tour, people started getting sick and started spreading from one person to the other. Once I did get sick the third or fourth last day, it hit me pretty hard, and I knew I, I probably had uh, COVID. I just knew it. With their last show in Germany canceled, the drummer says he and the band flew home and went into self-quarantine. He ended up in the hospital a few days later. So my fever was so rampant that I don't remember the ambulance picking me up. I don't remember the trip to the hospital. I don't remember getting to the hospital. So that's all, that's all a blur. They had put me in a coma because my lungs were failing, and they put me on a ventilator, and I was in, in that state for 12 days, and that was no picnic. The, the nurse said it was the equivalent of five pounds of beer they, they drained out of my lungs. He says the doctors were amazed to see him regain consciousness. 
they thought I was gonna die. That's like one of the first things out of their mouths was, "Oh, we thought you were you were a goner for sure." Unable to walk on his own when he got out of the hospital two weeks ago, he's now regaining his strength and credits his friends, family, and fans for the outpouring of support that's helping him heal. I definitely have a new perspective on life, and I, I'm not going to squander this second chance. Carol expects it will be several months before he's well enough to get back behind his drum kit, but he knows his bandmates are already working on new material. So while it's unclear when any band will be back to touring and playing live, Death Angel will still be making new music for their fans. Maureen Kelly, Cronfor News. Typical Will, my favorite line in that was the doctor thought I was a goner. But we're glad everybody's fine. It seems like everybody's, you know, back to getting it all together. This did, as far as Exodus is concerned, this did put a damper on us getting together to put the new record uh, the new music that was our plan by now we would have been working together for probably a good month on it um, Gary's got many riffs and many things uh, that he needs to put together him you know he's he, and it starts with him and Tom basically everybody knows drummer and guitar and that's how Exodus has always done it but because of this distancing that's been like kind of impossible to do so that's put a damper on it but I can guarantee you I did hear some of the stuff that they were playing around with in Soundcheck on the Bass Strikes Back tour, and it's Exodus fans are going to be very pleased. It sounds if you know, and again, I'm not hearing full songs. I'm just hearing riffs and pieces and stuff like that. And I'm a wow. I'm not saying anything. It's it's pretty damn heavy. So I just wanted to give everybody a full uh, scope of what's going on there. And that hope that all of you guys are doing good and that pretty soon this can be lifted and we can all go back to normal. It looks like most of the summer is going to be washed with festivals and concerts, which is very unfortunate. I know that the um, Dynamo appearance that we were going to make in July is definitely canceled, but... I heard a couple of other things aren't. They're still talking. They're not quite sure that they're going to write off the fall and winter yet. So we still have some things cooking there. Keep your fingers crossed, people. I can only hope that that can happen. So that's where we stand on that. So I'll tell you what, do you guys me a favor, do me you guys a favor, and do us both a favor and watch this. To break in to my show as I'm breaking in. You know what was really cool is when I was out on tour and I was on the Bass Strikes Back tour and I looked in the crowd and on a few of the nights, I saw Zetro's Toxic Vault t-shirts in the crowd and I felt, it made me feel so good. So don't forget, we still have Zetro's Toxic Vault shirts and we have Zetro's Toxic Vault patches at greyhavenmedia.net. So go there and get yours now and represent the show. Now back to my silliness. Yeah, Greyhaven Media get my own merch i love to see you guys wearing my own merch something else i wanted to shout out i wasn't really uh doing nothing during over the pandemic as everybody saw on my instagram i was growing certain things we grow in california at this time which is kind of fun and i also did a video for uh nick menza if you go on nick menza's page he has menza's mega vault video and i was actually the host of the first episode and what it is is it's nick and some backstage 
you know, footage through the Megadeth years and showing some stuff that he took himself. And that's like you guys are always asking what's cool backstage, and this is awesome. So go there and check that out. And and uh, I was really proud to be and honored to be a part of that. And um, Nick and I, I didn't know him really all that well, but we crossed paths in a big ways a couple of times, and my respect was always there for right on Nick. So now I told you guys that, you know, I wanted to make it fun because the vault is about fun. And I've told many road stories in the past and this tour that we just came off of. And I really, I wanted the week after we came home, I was going to have Ted from death angel come in and we were going to go over it together and talk about all the things. But then as soon as we got home within four days, the lockdown went out and then people started getting sick and the focus turned on to other things than what really was fun on the tour. And since everybody's doing well and things have wound down, I wanted to, and many things happened on this tour, but I wanted to tell a story that happened um, to Exodus in the very first, after the very first show. And again, that's what makes rock and roll so fun, people, is the spontaneity of what the hell could happen. And I mean, we've always been that band where, no way, oh shit, you're kidding me, that happened? We've always been one of those kind of bands. And this time was no different this tour was fun because normally we do know who we're touring with and we're friends with but this one was with death angel and testament legacy guys i started with guys we were playing when we were little kids so we know each other so well so the mix and the party and the hang is three times what it normally is. And again, you put us three together in mayhem is going on. I mean, literally mayhem. And, and, and that's just a great way to sub, subscribe it, to describe it. And I would subscribe to that. And uh, this time was no different. So, and right out of the gate, we get ourselves in and water and i have to put my foot in that and in the past we've done some stuff before you know what i mean and there was a couple of us that took responsibility for that i take responsibility because my uh, part my it was my hand and i'll get into that now now um you know when we go out on tour and i've been doing this since what 1985 or 86 it's like i can't tell you if Idaho is next to South Dakota, okay? I don't know, or North Carolina. If it's not California, Nevada, right around, I, I, to this day, I still don't. And, and, and that's just the states, let alone when I get over to Europe. I've been there, and, and on Blood In, Blood Out tour alone, we went to Europe eight separate times, okay? And again, I couldn't tell you if Italy's next to... Germany is next to France. I don't know where they're up when I have to actually look at the map and go, oh, that's right, that's right. So the very first show was in sold out Copenhagen, Denmark. What a great place to go. The land of King Diamond, the land of merciful fate, right? So we get there. And um, what a lot of people don't know about Copenhagen is that they have really killer marijuana there now that's one of the few places people think they go to amsterdam or go to holland that's great but 
They have a, a little area there. It's kind of like a flea market. It's called Christiani. Go check it out. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go Google it or check it out. It's called Christiani. It's like basically a flea market of pipes and bongs and we, guys literally with just card tables out with scales and killer weed. Like if you're from California or Colorado or places where they grow killer weed, you know what I'm talking about. So in Copenhagen, you always get good weed. Now, this time I didn't go to Christiani, but you always find crew guys or somebody from the local crew that did. And, you know, we got some good weed. And I think every couple of people had some good weed. And now we're, you know, we smoke and I smoke in the back of the bus. I've made that very clear. Many people who've seen me, know, they know that, you know, on the back of the bus, I happen to smoke weed. It's the place on the Exodus bus. Some bands don't allow it, but we do. That's the way it is. We burn weed. We have a good time. I don't tell people not to drink. They don't tell me not to smoke weed. So we're smoking weed. Now, again, we're in Copenhagen, Denmark, and the next show is in Stockholm, Sweden. Now, Borders in Europe, some are very laxed, some are anal retentive. The Swedish border, and we know this, and I mean, I, it's like dunce cap, kick yourself in the balls, knowing this is going to happen, that the Swedish border are dicks. And so they're not like the most friendly people coming through, and they check everybody. We've had this problem before. Not as bad as this time, though. So now... Copenhagen to the border where we're entering in in Sweden are about an hour away, but I don't even realize that. So before we the bus starts and we're going to leave that night, you know, coming up, hey man, you guys remember we're going to start the, the the Swedish border. We need to put everything out and not smoke anything. So we kind of did at that point and put it down. And it was uh, again, I didn't know. I thought you know we're four or five hours from the border. By that time, air would circulate through. They probably wouldn't smell it. Everybody would be sleeping. But you know, while the pandemic has got everybody indoors and everybody's kind of isolated socially, even your best friends and loved ones, you know what a great thing would be? Send them a cameo from me. That's right, a personal shout out from me, Steve Zetro Souza. I could say anything. I could say happy birthday or. I know that your family can't celebrate a new birth with you, or I could even, I had one last week where I told this guy from his cousin that he couldn't wait till he fucking died. So anyway, anything, I'm open to that. Put a smile on somebody's face while this thing is going on with everybody. Go to cameo.com and just request me, and I could be sending you a message today. My demographics geography didn't work out that well. And within an hour's time, we were at the Swedish border. Now, nobody was smoking for an hour, but the smell was still in the bus. So usually when you get to the border, they ask one person, which is the manager, which was our manager, Robin Mazin, who is our manager, our road manager, and she also does our merchandise most of the time when we're on the road, um, asks for everybody's passports and she takes the passports and shows them to the guy and then they ask you to come up to the bus and they want to see everybody's face and they count them off well there's like five people came up five five officers came up and one guy we call him the eric estrada looking dude came up and this cat wasn't playing now when he came up gary and lee were having um 
let's I'm, I'm not going to use the word heated but i'm going to say deep conversation over something and everybody was listening to the conversation that they were having back and forth barely paying attention to the guards that were coming on so three guards came on and one walked to the back and as soon as he walked to the back i said i told myself thinking of myself as like we're fucked. We're double fucked because they're going to smell it and they're going to have a problem with it. So certainly the guy comes back and goes, I smell, says something like, the, they're still talking back. And forth. I smell some cannabis. I smell marijuana. Who hasn't? And so I learned from a little episode that happened in 2017 with obituary, which I will tell on a separate thing, to ask for forgiveness, not permission, meaning I'm not offering up nothing. If you want it, you find it. So I had some, and the way that I bring mine, which I'm not going to tell you because I don't know if somebody will be watching this and turn it on is a very unique way and you'll never find it in a million years. It's right in front of your face because it was and at one point and I'll get to that. So we're asking them, they're like, you know, we didn't think they, they care. They said, well, just give it to us and we'll go. I want you people to know, don't ever do that. That is never the case. If you give them a little bit, they will come back and take it all and they will look for even more. So um, they're asking for us and I'm like, I'm not copping to it. As far as I'm concerned, we was like, well, some people were on the bus earlier that were smoking weed, but we were playing in Copenhagen tonight. They left, but they weren't buying that. So they made us all get off the bus. Now, when we all got off the bus, our um our guitar player lee who grew up till he was 16 or 7 almost 18 i think in the in the ussr you know as 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 a communist you know was like started to get very vocal like why are you treating us like this you know what i mean it's marijuana you got because i mean they filed everybody off the bus in one line made us stand there hands hands out of our pockets you know that that they were they were like and lee was just having his way verbally to the point where they were getting highly annoyed with it where there was five guards then there was 10 then there was 15 standing around us and Lee's tech, Frenchie Pete, who in my eyes will, if you guys know him, those that know him will tell you, those that have never met him, he'll kill anybody I know. The guy was in the French Foreign Legion for seven years, and he's got a set of skills that just are kind of the reason why we bring him along as a tech. Let's just say we sleep better at night on that bus knowing he's there. And he was trying to calm him down. And Lee was being, you know, very vocal i'm going to be very kind of nice about that being very vocal and adamantly vocal about how he um about what his opinions were or what they were doing and you know how we were there to entertain their people and obviously we're a rock band we're an older rock band you know if there was some pot or whatever on the bus you know what i mean obviously you have it now there's no reason to continue this you know this is like nazi germany and it just we it went from it just escalated from one thing and this one guy who i've like i said we were we were referring to as eric estrada was not digging it and he kept telling him he walked up to frenchy pete and even grabbed his arm to our french pete goes don't touch me i didn't do anything tell your friend he better calm down so they brought a dog out and they brought the dog on the bus they went and they the dog went through the bus about 15 minutes later dog comes off can't find nothing else which i want to reiterate in there 
Mine was still up on the bus, but it was so contained again, the fucking dog didn't even find it. That's right. That's what I think of you guys. So he came in and we thought it was all good. And then all of a sudden, I guess they were going to teach us a lesson because then they filed us into this room, meaning every one of us had to go in a room with an officer and strip search. Now, they didn't do any cavity search up of, of us, but they had us all, even our road manager, who's a woman, a female, Robin Mason, had to go in a room and, and get strip searched and looked at. Now, I didn't do this intentionally. When I went in the room, it was cold in Sweden that night. So my little tallywhacker was kind of like, like, like kind of down there on the inside. So I started kind of pulling a little bit. I hope this isn't considered pornography, me talking about this. I was just trying to get him awake, saying like, look, we got somebody here in there, you know, and, and I didn't wasn't looking even like that. As soon as he saw that, he threw me my underwear back and told me to put my clothes off. But as we all reconvened, I found out that Lee actually did hit purposely when the guy made him strip in the room. He grabbed his and started going. The guy asked him, what are you doing? And Lee said, uh, this is what happens when I take off my, all of my clothes and my underwear. So he threw him his underwear real quick. So he was the only other one that Gary was very upset, rightfully so, out of all of us, probably the most upset. I think the rest of us were all in shock over the whole ordeal so i think we're going to know very much better with the double stamp and a kiss on it the next time we go in and out of sweden um but um it was very tragic that night and i felt really bad and i know jack and you know tom and burn you know we're the only three in exodus that burns none of the crew really does but we had other guys in the other bands and other people friends of ours on the bus so i i can't point the finger i'll take my uh my responsibility and my lumps for that and um and i know everybody else else too a learning lesson but you know this is what makes rock and roll fun right this is where you live through the stories when you say hey man remember that time we came through stockholm and uh and that's what they did on our way to stockholm so just an experience the best part about it is everybody was a bit, you know, kind of shaken. Like I said, Gary was upset that night extremely. But in 48 hours, we were all laughing about it, which makes it easier for me to tell to all you guys now because in the long run, it all worked out and it all ended up in the end fine. And the, what overshadowed this was the very next night was the terrible boat ride we had in the Baltic Sea. And everybody was talking about that while we were still warm. It seemed like the first week in on the tour was like, what else could happen? You know, so uh, again, finishing off with the coronavirus, I can go into how much how wild it was to be out there how cool it was to uh, um, uh, hang out with the fans while we did it. And, and this is some of the stuff that happened behind the scenes. So if you were following me on the vault and watching as we did, obviously they weren't going to let me film that. But this is kind of some of the stuff that happened. So, Well, to interrupt myself, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of the show. And they've been really, really good to us uh, i'm talking about the mighty death wish coffee i know you've seen a lot of rock and rollers drink this coffee it's really really strong stuff and it gets the body going when you need it to go and so they always send me stuff and stuff to send you guys i kind of want to do 
um, a contest with their stuff since I got some new stuff to send in. So you have to answer three questions all correctly. And the first ones to chime in on the comments with all three questions correctly will win a Death Wish coffee prize pack. Okay, are you guys ready? Here's the first question. What band was Chuck Billy in, the name of the band, before he joined Legacy? Okay. Second question. After Paul Bailoff was out of Exodus, he had a band called Piranha. He did a demo for that band. Who produced that demo? And everybody knows that Lee Altus is from the USSR. Which actual country over in Russia is Lee from? So with those three questions, get them right and we will send you a prize pack to thank Death Wish Coffee for supporting Zetro's Toxic Vault. Now, back to me. Death Wish Coffee, that's right. Again, thank those guys and um, get your answers in and see uh, if you will be the winner. So, like I was saying uh, before the break, when normalcy returns, I will have some guests in here I'd like to get Ted, me and Ted were talking about that the last week of the tour and Will Carroll himself to talk about what happened with him and the tour and ACDZ and all kinds of other stuff. So as soon as that goes, um, I'm going to do that as well and we'll tell you more stories like we told you, you know, road stories because again, we, Exodus likes to have fun. We have fun and we have, you know, senseless fun. I mean, you know, it wasn't like the 80s when we were, you know, blasting our brains out on every mirror you could put in here or trying to chase every girl that you can. We're older men now. Everybody's, you know, in their own right, their own relationships. They don't, they don't, you know, it's not like that in our camp anymore and in, in any of the camps that were on this tour. And um, we kind of enjoyed having each other to hang out with every night and have fun. And that's basically what, what it was and what it still is. And there's still some mayhem and craziness that goes on because these are the things that I'll never forget. And, you know, I'm very fortunate to be in this business and get to do the th these things. And that's why I do the vault. I share them with you. You know, I'm very honest about how things go. And, and I appreciate all you fans that have always supported me and followed me in Exodus and uh, basically all the bands in the Bay Area, all the thrash metal. It's great the way we see all the love coming from you guys. So I'll leave you guys with this. I'll definitely try to get more episodes coming. We have a great backlog of guests, like I said, that would have already been on that are really cool that I'm sure you guys are going to love. And I'll get Walter back in here and uh, we'll talk, do some stuff with Walt and try to get back to some toxic trivia and get back to a little bit of normalcy in the vault. But at least I wanted to come in and give a kind of a funny story today and an update of how everybody's doing and some stuff and try to put a smile on everybody's face because that's what we do here in the vault. It's only good and hanging out because that's what we do in metal, right? We're metalheads. We love having a good time. We bang, we have a good time hard. We have a good time violently, but we have a good time. So remember, you guys, remember to tell your friends about Zetro's Toxic Vault if they haven't 
heard about it. Share, share this. I, I, I need you guys to share this. And uh, and definitely, if you haven't subscribed, subscribed. And, um, you know, because we love this. Wayne and I love to see the numbers grow. Um, it shows that what we're doing here, people truly appreciate because we have fun doing it, actually. And, and it's really cool for us because we get some really good stories. And we've had some really good guests, as, as you guys know, and found out some really cool things that you may have not known or wouldn't have found out anywhere else because they won't go as deep as we'll go as we'll take as long as it takes to make sure the guest tells their story the way you guys want to hear it so anyway subscribe to my channel and share this and um we'll see you in the vault probably real soon okay